When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 176 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. Just me and Pete at the moment. Lee might be joining us at some point over the course of the next 45 minutes to an hour as we look back on what seems to be now a vital point at Molyneux yesterday. Yeah, you mean it with the 99th minute equaliser um, and, and a game which very much before the game kicked off, a lot, a lot of Evertonians thought it was a, it was a must win. And we, we knew what a win could have meant for us this weekend in terms of securing our survival. It wasn't to be, but we came away with a, with a point. And after, obviously, I settled down, after uh, doing a few laps in the living room when that when that goal went in from Yerimina. And obviously Forrest played and got themselves safe. And then you look ahead to, to West Ham Leeds. You know, there, there's a bit of doom and gloom around, wasn't it, yesterday, Pete, after, you know, we did all settle down and we look back on the game and, and a lot of people thinking maybe it's two points dropped there, should have won the game. But we got a point, you know, Leeds are going to go to West Ham and win. Then they're going to beat Spurs. And, you know, the, the destiny is going to be taken out of our hands. Obviously, Leicester still to play. Fair to say now, given the fact that West Ham have beaten Leeds by three goals to one today, it looks a little bit brighter on the uh, on the Everton survival front. Well, it's, it's back in our hands, isn't it? Well, but, Le- but, Leicester, Leicester still to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should, we, we should um, put a disclaimer out, shouldn't we? We're, we're recording in the... The things betwixt between the, the Leeds result and uh, and Leicester going away to Newcastle. So let yeah, let's not uh, throw that out into the into the universe. But hopefully, it, it it will be back back in our hands. But look, I I'll readily admit I was the the, the harbinger of of doom yesterday. <laughs> it, you know, regardless of of, of Mina's equaliser, and like you said, now you know, hopefully at the end of the season that point will stand out as a really really important one. But I I just couldn't see a way out for us yesterday. I I thought you know we've not we've not taken our chance. I I could just see Allardyce pulling you know pulling something out of the West Ham fixture. I thought you know they've got nothing to play for. They've just had a big party. They're focused on Europe. No one will want to get injured. And then yeah, the the, the football gods have um, kept us in it somehow. So we we've, we've just you know we. We've got to take the opportunity, haven't we? And I, you know, after last season, Mike, I, I, I mean, I knew we, I knew we wouldn't be pushing for Europe this season, but I, I just didn't think we, you know, we're in a worse position to where we were last season. At least last season, we, we had, um, you know, a, a couple of chances to pull safe before the final day of the season. I mean, it's it's going to be a um, a horrible game next week if. Newcastle can get a win or a draw against Leicester, but yeah, it's it's been a really weird twenty four hours, isn't it? 
Massively so, and it's only just been 12 months uh, on from that Crystal Palace game, when obviously we got ourselves clear of relegation troubles to, on the penultimate game of the season. And we had, a, we had a couple of chances, didn't we, to, to try and get over the line. It happened, whereas now this season, we're, we're taking things into the final game of the season. Obviously, less points than we got last season as well. Currently sitting 17th. Two points ahead of um, Leeds United, who obviously lost today, and, and three ahead of Leicester as things stand before they, they play Newcastle United, who luckily just about do need that one point to, to guarantee Champions League football, although the goal difference is far superior from Liverpool. So you'd expect them to get it regardless. But at home, St James's Park, they've been fantastic this season. And, you know, they, they, I'm sure they're going to want to sign off in style and get across the line, uh, get those three points to, to, to see them into the, the Champions League for, for next season. But obviously, back to yesterday, as we said, big chance, big chance for us against the side who was safe. No, no relegation issues for Wolves. We always think, you know, when you play against sides who haven't got anything to play for, we mentioned it last week. And you're going to be playing in the flip-flops, relaxed, um, not really too bothered. But it goes one or two ways, doesn't it? When you haven't got that pressure, you know, a side can really perform, can't they? There's, there's no no pressure to, to pick up three points for them. Just, you know, play nice and relaxed football. They're guaranteed the spot in the Premier League for next season. Um, but, has to be said, you know, I thought Everton started the, the, the game, you know, particularly well, or much better, should I say, than, than Wolves, who I thought were, were, you know, were great. Uh, but Everton created a good few chances. Dominic Calvert-Lewin started the game well, had three chances to, to score. Um, Yerry Mean, another one who got in the way, probably a Calvert-Lewin sticking the ball in the net as well. We were causing problems from set-pieces corners. Um, we looked we looked fairly lively. And I thought, you know, d- decent start. But as we always say, you, you've got to try and score when, when you're on top. And, and we didn't. And when obviously Wolves, from our attack, by the way, we're, we're on the edge of their area, you lose it. They, they break. Naivety once again sets in, Pete. We've seen it a few times this season where, you know, with the Merseyside derby especially, where a side breaks away and we're saying, you know, just take just take the other card, take them out. There was twice where the opportunity. Garner Gay, first of all, Amadou Anana, the two of them fluffed the lines and, and didn't really even attempt to take Traore down. You know he's got pace. You know, if you try and touch him, you try and drag him down, you'll he'll slide off him because he gets himself all, all uh, oiled up. But he, he drives through, shot across Pickford, saved, rebounds put in. We found ourselves 1-0 down after starting the game fairly well. And at that point, in my mind, you know, the the, the sickness really does set in. And, and I certainly felt the worst then. Definitely. Well, not only were the two chances to, to bring him down, there were two chances over about 70 yards. I... And again, when you're, when you're watching professional footballers, you think, why why haven't you brought him down? And, and like you said, Mike, why when there have been kind of several high-profile goals we've conceded, has there not been some kind of inquest where, you know, Coleman or another leader in the dressing room said, you know, look, you're in that situation again. Bring him down. Do the foul. Take the yellow. It, it, it just, it put us in a, you know... A, a really difficult position because like you said you know particularly away from home particularly with our record and how hard we found goals to to come by that the first goal is just paramount for us isn't it and it you know it became an uphill struggle from there didn't it and um i don't know i don't know about you i i know pickford's coming for a little bit of criticism i i don't think you could uh you could argue that he's 
he's pushed that 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 shot with the wrong placement. I think it's just one of them. We were we were so open because they caught us on the break. And for me, it it was about um, you know when to intervene rather than the the shot that came through on goal. Yeah, he's done what most goalkeepers would do. And I know in an ideal world, if, if he gets less of a hand on it, it probably does go wide. If it touches his fingertips, then it goes wide. He's literally he's got down quickly. It was a decent strike. It's popped out to them and we're, we're, we're massively exposing that. I certainly apportion no blame to Jordan Pickford, you know, for, for God's sake. I mean, people started apportioning blame to Pickford last week. I just think sometimes you just jump on the bandwagon, you know, when they hear pundits say certain things, I think it was Roy Keane last week giving them a lot of stick. I think it's absolute nonsense. Jordan Pickford's been terrific. You know, you, you look at the Brighton game the, the week before, fantastic. You know, he's kept us in so many games this season. Does it again yesterday? You know, it was a stoppage time before we score. They go, they go through with, with Nunes, pretty much a one-on-one, puts it across Pickford, literally his stud gets to it and saves it. That, that doesn't get saved. We lose the game. You know, it's things like that. He switched on. He, he saves us time and again. So no, no, no blame apportioned from me. And and the mind, I mean, the mind you alluded to, Gus just mentioning the not not bringing Sayori down. Even the mind you said after the after the uh, the game, you know, we've got to take a professional foul there. You know, we even said one of them's got to just take the foul, get yourself booked, get on with it. You stop the attack. That's absolutely fine. We saw was it was it um, was it James Garner's second half? Did it perfectly? They were they were breaking. Took him out, no problem. That's exactly what you need to be doing. And we're, we're so we're so backwards at times in terms of our approach with that. You know, just take it. The best sides all do it, and we're fighting for our lives. So you know, let let them play his goal and say, "Oh, sorry, mate, off on you go." I put my arms on, so you know, so the referee knows I didn't try and get you. It's nonsense. You know, show show a little bit of common sense. So it was frustrating when obviously they score, but then obviously the afternoon goes from bad to worse, doesn't it? You know, we not long after. We, you know, we, we lose we lose Dominic Calvert-Lewin, which we said over the, like the last couple of weeks how important Dom has been since he's come back. He's looked fit, he's looked strong, he's looked sharp. We look. I mean, the Brighton game was probably the best example where how good was he against Brighton, and how many attacks went through him? How often did he relieve the pressure? And like I say, he started the game I thought well against Wolves, had a few chances for himself, but obviously we go one 0 down, and then Dominic Calvert-Lewin just on the stroke of half time. As the ball played through to him, I think it was Onana, can't get to it, and then sits himself down. And, and I think someone said, someone, you're reading his lips, that it's gone again, i.e. hamstring. And the manager did say it is a hamstring injury for both him and Nathan Patterson. So we find ourselves in a position where, you know, we, we've, we lost Patterson just before they scored. We lost Dominic Calvert-Lewin not long after they scored. Going in half-time, 1-0 down with two really important players because we've now got no full-backs, by the way. So we've got Michalenko currently injured, Van Aigley currently injured, James Coleman injured, and now Patterson injured. And obviously our strike has gone off. The, the one player who is massively important to us and our attacking threat. And, you know, you think, what have we got to do to get some kind of luck here? Um, Michael Keane comes on at right-back, which I can just can't work out for, for, for the sort of final final 15 minutes of the, first, of the first half and it's just just changed the shape at that particular point. Go to your three centre-halves. For me, Avawobi right and McNeil left. McNeil was already starting left back anyway. Um, and and for, the, for the final sort of 15 minutes of the first half, we didn't. We had Michael Keane playing right back, which was just baffling against Traore, by the way. And he made one mistake when he, you know, he tried to um, intervene and preempt the ball. So we got a little, a little shove 
man off balance. He's gone out of the game, and so you're racing through again. And you just think, you know, we make things so difficult for ourselves. But what hard time was it? We needed our time really because you know the, the doom and gloom had set in, and I think the players at that particular point, if you watch the body language, they dropped, and you know, you think, you know, Dom Dom's gone. Obviously, Patterson's gone. You've got players playing in positions that that you know they don't normally play in. And obviously, we get to half time one nil. And at that particular point, again, you're thinking, what what can we do now, second half? Because we haven't got Dom, we haven't got a right back. He's got to change shape. And fair enough, Sean Dice does. He does go to the three three centre halves. We find James Garner playing as as a right wing back um, at one point. Dwight McNeil obviously on the left hand side. And the shape just changed constantly through the second half, didn't it? And you know we've got to get the players some credit there. And and the manager did mention it as well after the game, the players have gone through sort of three or four formation changes over the course of of that game. Players playing well out of position, as we said already. Um, multiple substitutes are, are being made just to try and change things up a little bit. Um, so you know, as much as I know, people looking at the game as said they weren't overly impressed with Everton's performance. For me, you, you have got to give the players a bit of credit because they stuck to the task against, you know, a side who, as we say, are safe. We're, we're relaxed. Um, who'd be disappointed that they've actually lost or dropped two points there. And Everton got on with it. And players got on with it. They've got us to play where, where they weren't used to. But listen, we've got to do what we've got what we've got to do. And for me, I think the players deserve maybe a bit more credit than, than they've actually got since yesterday. Yeah, look, maybe you're right. I think maybe the position we're in kind of massively overshadows that and probably clouds people's judgment of, of the game and the performance. You know, if it was a point that got us safe, maybe people would be looking at the game a bit differently. But I do agree with you. I think the Michael Keane call at, um, at right back was puzzling, particularly when Alex Iwobi's got, you'd say, you know, a reasonable amount of experience at, at, at playing in a kind of right wing back role. Um you know, is it a case of Sean Dyche being, you know, kind of defensively focused first? But <laughs> I don't know about you, but you you have nightmares about about Michael Keane um, turning to defend. I mean, you, if you want him anyway, you want him defending the six yard box, having a, having a square body, not not having to turn both ways um, to cover in between the centre half and and outside of him against someone with pace. I mean, that's just a, a recipe for disaster. It, it is, and I'm thinking at the time, if you make that substitute, then, as I say, change, change shape. If not, if you want to keep your shape, then whether people agree with it or not, you've got to bring on Mason Holgate. As much as he was he was terrible against Man City, we understand, but the level of opposition was, was totally different to what, what he would have faced against Wolves. Um, and obviously last time he played, he played right back was against Crystal Palace, wasn't it, when he got sent off? So his last two performances, once at left-back, once at right-back, he, he hasn't got fond memories, but he's much more equipped to play that role than a 6 foot 4 Michael Keane, who's got absolutely no pace and and, and not, not fantastic balance. You know, he, and that's where I just couldn't work out Sean Dice. The sub that you made is fine if you change the shape. And for the first, you know, for the first 15 minutes, he didn't do it, and it took him to half time to actually change things up. Um, so I, I was having nightmares when, when Michael Keane came on, and again, it was only because he put him at right back, um, and that was the biggest thing. You know, we know Michael Keane 
his, his sort of his mentality is pretty fragile, isn't he? Mentally, we, we know that. And he was taken out of the team a, a couple of games ago for Yegi Mina. And, you know, he most definitely will be feeling it because we know how fragile he can be at times. So, strange one, but, you know, made made more sense once, once the shape was changed. But then we saw, as the game went on, Michael Keane had become basically a striker. He goes up there to, to, to cause a bit of a problem, be a nuisance. He was more of a nuisance than Neil Mope was, that, that, that's for sure. Um, he was certainly more involved in, in the attacks, obviously set pieces. Um, and this is what this is what I mean about, you know, where the players do need credit because the players are doing obviously what they're asked to do, but they're doing what they what they can to try and get us over the line. And listen, whatever happens at the end of this season, there's gonna be a massive, massive post-mortem, regardless. This is not me saying that the players are good enough. This is not me saying that I think. Sean Dice, Dice is, is, is a fantastic manager to, to take us forward or whatever it might be. But I think over the last few weeks, what what, what I've seen, especially away from home, Everton, Everton players have put a shift in for me. And our away form is good. It's gone from being horrendous to we haven't lost away from home since Man United on the 8th of, 8th of April. Since then, we've drawn at Palace, we've drawn at Leicester, which we should have won. We've, beat, we've beaten Brighton by five goals to one. And we'd drawn at Wolves. So four games. Now it doesn't seem like much, but when your away form is like our away form, that's that's really good. Our home form's a concern for me. And that's where next week comes in. That, that, that's a concern. But I think the players, whatever they were asked to do, they did. They fought, you know, they, they had a real go. The quality wasn't there in terms of chances created second half. The quality wasn't there. We weren't causing many, many issues. But they stuck at it. And that was the really important thing. And you know, at the end of the day, us as fans, the away fans that were there, the players, the manager, got the reward. You know, we we, we cry out for a bit of luck, um, for a late goal, for important moments, and and there was none more more important than that, that goal yesterday. Yeah, you mean of all people, you know, he, he's come in, he's been terrific since he's come in for Michael Keane, and. Um, I thought he was good again yesterday. Good performance all around. He's up there, you know. We've had, we've had a set piece. They're getting bodies in the box, and, and it goes through three three centre halves: Tarkovsky, Takiy, Smina, sticks it in. And, and for me, we, we deserve it. We, we deserve the point. You know, we, we deserve that moment of, of of jubilation. And you know, fair play, fair play to to Yerimina, You know, who's coming from the cold. We said it over the last few weeks. To, to become probably one of our one of our best players. You know, we, we know how good he is, especially if he stays fit. He stayed fit, fingers crossed, one more game to go. He's fit next weekend. But I thought once again, Pete, he was terrific, wasn't he? And and leading, you know, at a time when we need leaders, we need players to stand up, we need players to put a shift in, take responsibility. He's one player that that you you certainly can't can't accuse of of shaking responsibility. Definitely, I, I think he's brilliant since he's he's come back in, and like you say, he he leads he leads all over the pitch, and it's it's the stuff off the ball. And again, I know I know it's another cliche, but the, the the nastiness, being uncomfortable to play against, being difficult to play against. I know he ended up having a, a bit of a scrap, didn't he, with with um, Jack Grealish at the end of the, uh, the the City game? But I like that. Mm. You need you need to have that fight, you know, particularly in the position that we're in at the moment. So hopefully, it's momentum that will take us into Bournemouth, where. Psychologically, we're not coming off the back of a loss. Um, 
you know, and it's it's seen as a as a point gained rather than than two uh, two points lost. And that's it. I think I think at the time, like we said at the start, it, it's difficult to to really analyse how good a point or bad a point it actually was. You know, are we going to need the three points? Will we look back on this next Sunday at, at you know half past six and say, you know what? That was the point, money. That was the point that saved us. Or was it the game where we thought needed all three and it goes wrong next Sunday? We, we, we don't know at this point. As I say, Leicester stills are playing Newcastle tomorrow night. So as much as Newcastle are the form side, they're on the verge of Champions League football for the first time in since 1921, whatever, whatever it is, you know, but they are a massive club, don't forget. But don't get me started on them. I want to support them tomorrow and I can't stand them. Um, you know, so we, we think, we think Newcastle should win the game. Of course, of course we do. But we don't know. We've shown when we went to Brighton, who since, since we've beaten them, have gone and beaten Arsenal, by the way, and obviously won again against Southampton today to guarantee their European qualification. Anything can happen at this stage of the season. Leicester got good players. That's the thing. You know, I looked at them against Liverpool and the squad's not a bad squad. And for them to be where, where they are is, is is a massive surprise for me. Um, so they could go there and, and do some damage to Newcastle. You just don't know. Um, we're hoping, fingers crossed. So the, the that 99th minute goal from Yamina could be pivotal to, to whatever it can do, you know, and, and what happens at the, at the end of this season. And all we can do is hope that it that it is it is good enough to to help keep us in, in the Premier League. Um, but obviously the big concern after the game and looking ahead to Bournemouth is the fact that we we got injuries to key players. That's the big concern. You know what 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 do we do? You know what what do we do in terms of replacing those two players? I mean we saw um, against Wolves, Dwight McNeil had to play left back. We thought he might play in a wing back position three centre-halves and him as a wing-back. Didn't happen. He's actually played left-back. Did okay by all accounts. Struggled a little bit early on, but did okay by all accounts. But then we lost, I think, our, our attacking impetus because when you when you take Dwight McNeil away from that left-wing position, you you know, he's been, he's been probably our, our best attacking player over a good, good number of weeks now. And I felt that him playing there, we took a massive hit, didn't we? He's, he's surprisingly good at, at taking the ball forward, isn't he? Mm. You know, for, for, athletically, he's, he's not particularly big, he's not particularly strong, and you know, he's not massively pacey, but he has this ability to carry the ball, doesn't he, and not lose it and keep the ball close to him. And he always tends to get something, you know, whether it's a, you know throw in a corner or you know if he does get in the box, then he's he's re, you know he's really capable of making something happen, as, as we we saw in particular against Brighton. So it is a massive loss for him to play further back down the, down the pitch but I guess it's a sign of how much Sean Dyche trusts him and I suppose as well it gives you more balance doesn't it having a naturally sided left player back there and I, I think in the position we're in I, I can kind of see the, the reasoning and, and the rationale behind it really but I tell you what you don't do and it's you know it's no disrespect to him but what you don't do is you, you don't play Neil Mope and you certainly don't play Neil Mope as a um, a central single striker. So I, I just I pray that some somehow you know, Sean Dice change changes tack because for some reason he seems to really persist with with, with Mope when for, for me and I, I think probably the, the vast majority of Ever, uh, uh, vast majority of Evertonians would agree with me 
it's got to be Ellis Sims or Damari Gray because Ellis Sims can hold the ball up. He's a decent finisher. He's, you know, he's no slouch when it comes to pace. And Damari Gray is, you know, arguably our probably our, our best finisher. Um, he can go either side and he's lethal on the counter-attack. Whereas, we, I mean, we were on a, br- a brief chat be- before we started recording and I think you, you put it perfectly. I think that the Neil Mope we thought we were going to get for whatever reason, hasn't turned up. You know, I, th- I think Evertonians would would accept a reduced goal contribution if they were getting somebody that put themselves about and you know won fouls and you know I suppose it was almost the, the version of Yerry Mina up the other end of the pitch. You know that that, that that psychologically difficult player, that player you hate to play against because that that's who Tim Cale was for us. Well, that, that's he, who he hated playing us because because Tim Cale was so difficult to play against and he was so effective. And he was so clever, and that's not the player we've got. So I, I, I just I, I don't think that we he can be our our leader up the top end of the pitch because it, it must filter down to the rest of the players. You know the the, the players aren't stupid, are they? they? They'll know it more than the fans know it. He, he's not the guy. He can't be the guy to to lead that line against Bournemouth. Well, the the best comparison that that we can make with Mope in terms of what we thought we were going to get, and I had a, a conversation with Lee after the game yesterday. And, and the best comparison is, is Stephen Naismith. You know, Stephen Naismith wasn't blessed with pace, but he was a finisher and he was somebody who put himself about, used to wind players up. And we, we discussed Neil Mope numerous times on, on the podcast this season. And I've I've alluded to that and to, to, to seeing that side of him at times, you know, when he got his goal against West Ham, great goal. And we thought that'll settle him, really settle him that. You know, he scored his first goal. Um, hopefully now we can kick on and, and provide obviously more more goals for us, you know, more assists become a, a, a bit of a pain. And then we saw him against um, against Arsenal in Sean Dice's first game when he came on, and he was a pain, wasn't he? He was winding people up, and, and we alluded to it on the podcast, thinking that's that's exactly what we thought he was going to bring to this side, and and something that we that every side needs, and he just hasn't. And, I do, I do feel from it. I really do because he doesn't get a lot of stick. Um, it's not been a good season. Just the one goal since he's come in wasn't it? Wasn't a hefty price tag, but it wasn't a small price tag. And you just think the, the transfer made no sense, really. You know, for for the system that we play, the focal point is our striker, big, strong Dominic Calvert-Lewin in terms of his attributes, that kind of player. So what we should have done, which we said it time and again, is buy a player who's got the same attributes as Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So you've then got, if Dom's injured, which he has been quite often this season, you've got a like for like to come in. And instead, we've got a, a fella who's half of, of Dom's size, obviously not great in the air, hasn't got any pace. Um, it, his, his runs in terms of his movement in the box, uh, it's not good at all. He's never really on the spot. And he never looks like scoring. And, and yesterday, I thought, when, when Yerry gets the ball, he had to jump out the way. Mopey, I thought, imagine if it's him on the boot and goes wide now, you know, it'd be sods low, but it's been a it's been a strange, strange transfer for me, and it's not worked out, and you would assume that come come the summer transfer window, whatever happens, you'll be one player that, that does get moved on, because he has been linked to uh, size in Serie A, um, and maybe that's, that's the move that, that he will make, but Strange one, and obviously looking ahead to Bournemouth, we've got to think now: what do we do in regards to Nathan Patterson not not playing, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, uh, and we're going to discuss that 
obviously massive game against Bournemouth after this short break. Welcome back to the second part of today's Unholy Trinity podcast as we look ahead to it's crunch time, isn't it? You know, I, I thought after 1994, 1998, I thought it was all behind us, these last day relegation battles. And, you know, here we are again. We thought last season was bad. This season trumps it for me in terms of mentally, you know, how many times, how many games in recent weeks have we looked at and, you know, two two more points. We'd find ourselves pretty much over the line at this point, you know, and, and we'd be a little bit more relaxed, obviously, prior to Leicester playing their penultimate game against Newcastle. But here we are again, going to Goodison Park next weekend. As I say, we don't know quite yet what we need uh, because Leicester haven't, haven't played. We know a draw may be enough. If if things go the way that that they may go in terms of Leicester being being beaten, a draw might be enough. We we just don't know, you know. It's we know we're probably going to have to get something. It's probably the best way to look at it at this moment in time, and it fills me with with absolute fear thinking about Goodison Park next Sunday. Please, me and you were making the sit down together, of course, and um, it's gonna it's gonna be a I know it's not a long journey from where we live, but it's going to be a, a journey, I think, packed full of nerves, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I don't think I, either me or you or anyone else in that stadium is, is going to enjoy it, regardless of the outcome. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a, an awful 90-plus minutes. I, I, and you almost can't believe that we're, like you said, we're in this position again, but, you know, we are where we are, but... I don't even talk about it really, but the amount of times I've 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 almost replayed through through my head, like what what will I do if I'm there and we get relegated? Like you know, imagining the the, the feeling in the stadium, it just it doesn't bear thinking about, and I don't think anyone that you know probably isn't an Evertonian would would truly get that really when you think about you know Goodison Park and the history that we've got there, and you know who we are as a football club. Um, like you said, there's going to be a tremendous inquest probably at all levels after the season ends, regardless of the outcome, to to unpick why exactly we were in the situation we're in again. But you you just hope on the day the the, the players can find the goods again. And um, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm not looking I'm not looking forward to the fact it's against Bournemouth, who just always always seem to have our number, no matter who who the manager is. You know, a couple of mates who you don't support Everton have said to me, oh, you know, you should be Bournemouth at home. You know, if you don't be Bournemouth at home, then you deserve to go down. And I kind of, I kind of agree with that to, to an extent, but on another level, I think, no, we, we've got no divine right to, to, to go and turn Bournemouth over at home because they're a really good football side. And even though they've got safety, they've, they've continued to perform at a, you know, a really good level. I've been keeping an eye on their games and even the, the, the United game, um, Yesterday, they gave United a torrid time. It was it was a difficult game, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough watch on on lots of different levels. And I just hope the right Everton turn up, um, and regardless of what system he goes with, you know the the, the players understand the the magnitude of the day really, and, and just get the job done. Just get it done. Yeah, you're right. You know, people when we looked at these final two fixtures again. A lot of uh, a lot of hope has been has been put against them, hasn't it? You know, we always well a lot of fans thought Wolves, yeah, but you know we, we we can win that. 
Born for home, great game to finish on. Not really, is it? Like you say, they got themselves safe. Gary O'Neill's done a fantastic job. You know, they, they came after they got they got beat, was it 9-0 at Anfield? You know, to come to come in, steady the ship. They bought bought well in um in January as well, strengthened. They've done they've done really, really well. And a, and a side packed full of pace and power, which I hate. Every time we come up against the side, which is most sides have got that pace, like Tayore always frightens me when he plays against Everton. He always seems to play well against us, first of all. That's because we're so slow. And any player who's, who's got pace, who goes at us, absolutely petrifies me. And I look at, you know, the, the biggest concern for me going into the game is, okay, yeah, one our position, of course, that, that's a concern. And can the players handle it? You know, yes, we're going to, you know, we're in a better position than Leeds. Are we going to be in the bottom three? We don't know yet. So we could find ourselves in the bottom three. Hopefully we don't. So we, so we could be, best case scenario is, we're three points ahead of Leicester, we're two points ahead of Leeds. But we know it. We know we've got to get something to, to Gagasi. We know if you win, you're safe. That, that, that's, the best, that's the best way to approach the game. If we win this game, we are safe. So the players have got to approach the game, if that is a situation, to try and win the game. My concern is, what's going to be our start eleven? What's the mind you're going to do? Now, the hope is that Michalenko is back fit. He was close for Wolves. So you would assume that he comes back in. And that, that's a positive because, it, as we mentioned earlier on the show, that will free up Dwight McNeil in the attacking sense. And we need it. You know, as you say, he's driving with the ball really well, taking responsibility. His, his crossing ability is really good. He causes problems. And when he's fair up the pitch, 20 yards out, there's no player I want more than Dwight McNeil to be in those positions within striking distance because he's technically he's, the, he's our he's our best striker of the ball. So fantastic in terms of that. The problem is then one, no Dominic Calvert Lewin, which with the best will in the world, there's no way he's going to play next weekend. There's just no way. So who comes in? Like you said, Pete, does the manager offer Neil Mope? Because he seems to have some kind of vendetta against Ellis Sims, and I don't know why. Maybe he's, he's horrendous in saying it, but what I've seen about the Sims, as he's played a little bit more, got his goal against Chelsea, the little bits I've seen of him, he's looked all right. And the most, more importantly, he's a physical presence. Compared to Neil Mope, he will occupy a centre-half. Eagerly, he's better than Mope. He's not Calvert-Lewin, but he's better than Mope. Is, you know, from an effort perspective, he runs, gives it a real good go. We've seen he can finish. And I'm thinking... You've just got to give him a chance, you know. And and if if, if the call is between um, Mope, Sims, and Gray, I'd probably offer Sims. I'll be honest with you. Just be, even if he said like, give us sixty, and then Gamari Gray on for the final half hour, you know, in that central position, as we saw against Forest away, where it was him, McNeil, and Awobi, the three of them overlapping, interchanging, and it worked. It worked pretty well. Go on there and give give us an hour. And that's what I was looking to do. But but then then another problem is what happens at right back because you haven't got one. So surely we, we don't see Michael Keane start the game at right back. Surely the common sense answer to the right back problem is for me is Mason Holgate. But what what are your thoughts on all that, Peter? The, the, this, this, it's certainly a conundrum, isn't it, going to the final game? I, I... I, well, I agree. I, I think to play Michael Keane at, at right back is is suicide. When you look at how when you look at how Bournemouth play, 
your quick counter-attacking side, get you know, get down the flanks, try and exploit the space between the centre half and the fullback. They'll, they'll kill us. They'll absolutely kill us. So we, we've got to have we've got to have enough pace on both sides. And it would be a dream if Mikolenko's back because I know some some Blues were a bit critical of him because of his maybe his delivery or his product going forward. But the, the lad's a solid defender. The lad can defend. Um, you know, and he, and he really makes mistakes. So it would give us a lot more balance, you know, particularly having two lefties as well. But yeah, that right-hand side's a conundrum. And I guess the question is, do, do, does he change the system? Does he go with a kind of a, a back three, back five with kind of McNeil and Awobi? Um, and, you know, just tell McNeil to get forward when he can. Um, it, it'll, it'll be interesting. And honestly, I, I don't know what he's, I don't know what he's going to do. I, I can remember before the, the Wolves game, I I sent a, a screenshot of the preview from the Guardian, who for some reason had, had predicted that we were going to play um, kind of a back three, back five against Wolves, and then obviously it didn't quite turn out that way, or at least not in the first half. So, some someone somewhere seems to have some information that suggests he's at least toyed with the idea. Well, th- this is it, and, and and he may well he may well do that. Um, you you think that if he's not confident in in Mason Holgate playing right back in a back four, that he would look at at this this back five situation. It still concerns me because you you're still taking away from Dwight McNeil more more than anybody else, and that is a that is a concern for for me personally. Um, but that might be the the only option. I mean. Having height against these, okay, they got Solanke, especially who's, who's a threat. You know, he scored goals this season. Um, but in terms of obviously the other players in and around the attack on positions, the the fairly sort of nippy players, quick, aren't they? I mean, that likes Uitaru who came in in the um, in the January transfer window. He was on the bench yesterday, and he you know he came he came on at some point during the game. But you'd likely think then that he'd get the nod to start the last game because the. He's sort of been rested, if you like, for for, for the game against United. Um, Jaden Anthony causes problems. You know, we, we played them in the cup, and we? we had that horrific week or horrific few days down on the south coast. Lost both games, um, and he caused problems. David Brooks, obviously, just back from um, overcoming cancer, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, he started the game yesterday against United, but they've got players who, who who will cause us problems, and we just got to go in there. With, with with the right attitude and, and the players just can't afford to freeze. That, that that's that's the big thing, really. You know, it's how how the players deal with the situation that that they they've got us into. By the way, it's certainly not not Everton fans who've got us into it, but we'll do our part. Of course, it's going to be nervous. It's uh, you know you can imagine what what happens if we go behind when scores start to filter through from. Ellen Road and obviously the uh, the King Power Stadium. It's going to be nervy as hell. And the best thing that Everton can do is go 3-0 three, three up before our time to settle everything down, I suppose. But it's not going to be that way, as we know. It's going to be a, a roller coaster of emotions and, and a, a couple of hours that I'm going to want to probably sort of forget quite quickly. Definitely. And look, let's just hope this, this very, very quickly becomes a a distant memory and an, another story to add to 94, 95, 98 and what was last year? 
21 22. <laughs> yeah, and we're losing sack. We're there on the time now, Peter. This is this is becoming the bloody norm. That's the problem. Um, but they, but they're just gonna, I mean, we, we think back to, to the Palace game last season and and the scenes that we saw on that day. I think a lot, a lot of what played into that was the fact we were 2 0 down, we came back and won 3 2 and did it so late, and that was a lot of of or probably one of the major reasons why we saw the scenes that we saw. It was relief, of course, it was. Um, and I think if the same, you know, if we do, if we do happen to survive, and this is only obviously at the moment hypothetical, we don't know. If if we do happen to survive, I don't think we can afford to see those scenes again. I don't think that it's anything to to be celebrated now. I think no. that it's becoming a habit. It's it's a massive concern that two seasons on the spin, we're finding ourselves fighting for our lives, going into the, the, the last week of the season, but the last couple of weeks of the season, Everton are, are, are fighting to stay in the Premier League. And that's not something that's, that should be celebrated. Serious questions have got to be asked. And that will happen and will have to happen regardless of what the outcome is next Sunday. De- definitely. And, and do you know what? It, it, isn't it a statement that, you know, potentially a deal could be done apparently tomorrow to to exchange the control and stake in Everton Football Club, and we can't focus on it because we don't know what league we're going to be in. I mean that that for me, I I just find mind blowing. You know, when you, you talk to other Blues, oh yeah, yeah, we might be getting taken over next week. It it it, it it's a side story because no no one can get past next weekend. You know, it's it, it's that fundamental, isn't it? And like like you say, Mike. It, there needs to be an inquest at every single level of the club, and I, I think ultimately a, a change of ownership is is the only direction that, that we can go in. And you know, thank goodness that that conclusion seems to have been reached. Let's just hope that the lesson hasn't been learned too late. I think I think as well, you know, outside of the the investment side of things, and obviously Bramley Moore and 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 the, the things that potentially we've got to to look forward to. There's so much going on. In terms of what league are we going to be in, is is, is the primary question, which is is the sole focus, and rightly so. Um, but also, we've got this charge hanging over us as well, which has obviously gone to this independent commission. So th- this summer, oh, you know, we don't know if, it's good, if anything's going to happen this summer. Um, there's so much going on, and the fact that we find ourselves, as I say, in the position that we do in the league, in the position that we do in terms of our finances, is is absolutely unforgivable for me and and that's where you know we've we've had this conversation many times this season we know the situation surrounding uh fan protests um the the, the questions that are being asked of the board uh the fact that the board's haven't attended the game is it since since sometime in in january um the, the, the relationship there is totally broken down and we expect this summer will will bring about multiple changes of boardroom level we said already potential changes in terms of ownership, um, and th- there's got to be there's got to be a huge inquest, as you say, in terms of every aspect of our club, because whatever's gone on over the last six, seven years, whatever it might be, our club has has, has regressed massively, and that 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 cannot be allowed, and and heads heads needs a roll, and and we've got to almost press the reset button regardless of what happens. We've got to reset. We can't even have a conversation surrounding what our future looks like because we don't know where, where we're going to be in terms of league. And, and that's 
that's really sad to think about. And what I what I decided to do was I've said it last week. I've tried to switch off and sort of spend time away from from football and I think about it and you know in between games and, and it is difficult, of course it is. And once you get sort of towards a Thursday, Friday, your head's back in back in it, isn't it? And and your mind your mind's in the whirl. And I just hope I just hope where everything every single thing crossed that I, that I possibly can that things go our way next Sunday uh, because it's certainly and we'll be there as we've said I certainly don't want to sort of live live those scenes at Goodison Park if things go go the wrong way on Sunday Absolutely mate it's going to be a long week Massively long week massively long. It's got, and the fact it's half past four on Sunday by the way is also unforgivable the fact that when you can't play it on Saturday all the even if it's sort of four o'clock, whatever it might be, it's ridiculous going to Sunday half past four. You know, may, maybe previous years you've not cared because, you know, we haven't been on the last day of the season having to win the game. And I remember, I remember last game of the season against Arsenal last year, all our players were, were hung over. We're absolutely battered. Was it five one? No one cared because of what had happened a few days earlier. This year things couldn't be couldn't be any more different. Um, and this week's going to be hard for all Evertonians and. The only advice that, that I can really give is take yourself away. Just take yourself away. Come off social media. Because last night, I said to you two, last night, some of the things I was reading last night, it was just, I'd gone from being semi-optimistic after getting a 99th minute equaliser to literally thinking, we're relegated, we're down. This is the worst thing in the world in the space of about two or three hours because people were just posting all sorts of, of things and people were just trying to out-negative each other. Yeah, that's how it felt to me, and and people just what wallowing in, in our self pity. You've just got to take yourself away. That, that's what I say. Misery loves company, Mike. It does. It does, and I'm agreed to that, aren't we? We maybe understandably so, but we are agreed to that, aren't we? You know, after what's gone on over the last the last couple of years. Um, but for me personally, I've just got to got to try and switch you off. Um, but the worst thing is, I've been working alone for the last I think eight months, and I'm going to go back into work for the first time in. About eight, eight, nine months, maybe even longer tomorrow. So my first week back in. So there's another negative for, for me to try and get through as well. Safe into town for a few days next week. So uh, I won't be in a good mood come come Sunday. That that's for sure. But let's just hope a little bit of ray of light tomorrow night is, is a Newcastle win against Leicester. So we know we'll know exactly what the situation is. Hopefully it stays in our hands, and we'll we'll get to go to some park on Sunday. Nerves, butterflies. I think I might have might have to turn down my usual pie from home baked in the fan zone, Peter. It could be it could be that bad, but trying as best we can relax, relax this week and take yourself away. But I'm gonna ask you for a prediction, Pete. We're gonna end on that. Are you feeling hopeful for, for next Sunday? Can we do what we need to do? Yeah, there's only there's only one prediction, isn't there? It's uh it's, it's gonna be a one nil win. Um <laughs> to Everton. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a James Tarkowski header. I, I hope you're right, Peter. I really do. Um, I, I think I think we can win the game. I think it's going to be a day full of twists and turns, more more than maybe we think. If if things go our way, as I say, I keep on saying this, but it's, it's really important. I don't like to um, science and faith, but if things go our way and um, we could escape with a draw, there will be changes. I think in the, in terms of who's going down at given points in 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 the day and. That's the most frightening thing when when scores start start filtering through. 
via the via the fans, unless it's obviously go, going our way. But um, I think I think we will do it. But I think I think it'll be a draw. I really do. But I think that might be enough. So I think it'll be a draw. Hope I'm wrong. Hope it's a comfortable five 0 win. But um, I think it's going to be a nervous, nervous Goodison Park. Really, really do. Um, but next time, Monday, aren't we? Not, not after. I'm, I'm off, off of my travels for a few days the next day. Um, so it'll either be an escape from Everton because it's gone the wrong way or an escape from Everton because it's gone the right way. Um, so either way, it's a bloody escape from Everton. That's that's the most important thing. Um, hopefully it's a it's a nice, nice, happy holiday. But yeah, it's um, we obviously we'll speak over the course of the week, me and you, Pete. Uh, but the next time we record, obviously, we'll know our fate. Fingers crossed we can do it. Try and enjoy this week as best you can. And we'll be back ourselves to look back on, on that faithful day at Goodison Park next Sunday. So we will catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Podcast Network.